0: Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Glad you could join us today. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we're about to have with you, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. And I pray, O Lord God, that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener out there today, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Heavenly Father, you shall prepare their hearts and their spirits and their minds to receive and to hear your words today, O Lord God, and to most importantly, to understand your words today in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, God, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord God. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1. And today we're going to go straight to the Bible. So now's a good time to say, if you don't have your Bible, why don't you hit pause Go and get your Bible, maybe a highlighter, a piece of paper and a pencil to take some notes so Holy Spirit can remind you of what you hear here today uh, and keep it there for future reference. Okay, so today we're going to start with going to Exodus 25, verse number one, Exodus 25, verse number one. Praise the living God. And it starts off in verse number one by saying, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, that they may bring me an offering. Of every man that giveth willingly with his heart, you shall make my offering, okay? Every man that giveth it willingly with his heart shall you take my offering, amen? Okay, so here the word of God there says willingly. Now, this is speaking about giving, of course, but it it boils down whether or not we willingly give, and the reason that we willingly give is because we want to, we want to. This I call an attitude of want to, quote, unquote. I call this an attitude of want to. Now, this particular scripture, as I said, is pertaining to giving, but the want to attitude goes further because of the fact that it also pertains to other parts of our lives. While we have a call from God, okay, we all have a call from God. I go on to say that if you're listening to this message, it's because you've had a call from God, okay? While we have a call, from God. We need to understand that it goes much further. We also have to have a, a, a want-to attitude when it comes down to pertaining to the call of God. You have to want to answer the call of God. Want-to is a powerful thing. With it, we can do a job well. We can lose weight. We can keep our houses clean. We can save money. We can get out of debt. Or we can realize any other goal in life, okay, if we simply want to. We can excel in things that we want to do. We do not like to face the fact that our victory or defeat is connected to our want to, okay? We don't want to, to uh, come to ourselves and say, oh, gee whiz, you know, the reason I didn't do that or the reason I did do that was because of the fact, you know, my want to attitude, you know, the want to factor in our lives. We're often really good at laying blame for our failures on someone else or something else. We like to blame the devil. We like to blame other people. We like to blame the past and so on. When many times the bottom line is that we really just don't have enough of the, quote unquote, the want to. We really need to recognize that we usually end up doing what we want to do in life. It's as simple as that. Okay, We wind up doing what we really want to do. If you don't want to do it, you have a good way of not getting around to doing it. Okay. If we have a strong desire to do something, we will somehow find a way to do it. You know the old expression, where there's a will, there's a way. Okay. well, sometimes we need to sit down and take a good old fashioned inventory of our want to sit down and think about what it is I want to do in life. You ever sit down and just spend a little time in conversation with the Lord and think about what is it that I want to do? Maybe even sit down and have a conversation with yourself first before going to the Lord. And what is it that you want to do? Okay, and think about that. It's very, very important. I wonder many times if we can be honest enough to actually say, Lord, I didn't win the victory because I really didn't want to. You ever stop and think why you didn't win a victory? Why you had something going on in your life that just did not come into its fullness? Okay, You have to ask yourself, did I really want to? Did I not win the victory because I didn't want to? Do you ever stop and think and say, you know, Lord, I didn't read the Bible because I really didn't want to. I didn't come and read the Bible today because I simply didn't want to. Lord, I didn't spend time meditating on your word. I really didn't spend time meditating on your word and talking with you because I didn't want to. Okay, If you had wanted to, wouldn't you have done it? I really didn't want to. Lord, instead, I sat around on the couch watching TV. Why? Because I wanted to. That's what you chose to do. You had a choice, either to go and spend time with God or sit down and watch TV. What did you want to do? You wanted to sit down and watch TV. There's nothing wrong with rest and entertainment, but we need to keep our priorities right. Okay, So what is your want to on the many important things in life? Again, I call it the want to attitude because it boils down to what it is that you want to do. All right? We are If we're going to serve God, Okay, if we're going to serve God and be an example to others, we need to have a sanctified want to. God is not interested in our good works if we are not doing them with a willing heart. Ask God to tell you his desires to cause you to to do what he wants you to do, okay? Ask God, Lord, what is your desire? Help me to have a want to to do what you want me to do, not what I want to do, all right? So we need to work on this want-to attitude that's in our lives, and all of us have it. You know, And the thing is that we respond to our want-tos without giving it much thought, because the want-to that is in us, that is the, the fundamental driver that makes us do the things that we do in life. Okay, To be a Christian is to be a follower, an imitator of Jesus Christ the best that we can. That's all that we as Christians are, are, are striving to do, to be a follower of Jesus Christ as best as we can, not followers of others, not followers of, of, of an idea, of, 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 some, of, of something that's going around, some popular idea. We don't go following other people. We follow Jesus Christ. That's why we're called Christians. The word Christian, as coined by the Apostle Paul in Antioch, meant a follower of Christ, a Christian. We must pursue God. We must love God. We must serve God the way that our Lord and Savior has shown to us. We have to do that. It's a must. It's a must. It's no, it's a priority. Becoming a Christian is merely a step in the process of seeking God. That's the first step. It's the first step in seeking, in seeking God. And then the rest of our lives is to be spent drawing closer to God. Okay? Drawing closer to God. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, good. Praise the Lord. And that's the first step. And it's just beginning there. All of us that have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we realize the fact that that's not the end game, okay, to just simply confess it. Now we have to go on and live this life. And living this life means to continue following Christ and trying to emulate and imitate what Jesus did as best as we possibly can. Okay, And that's a lifelong experience. Okay, We never achieve the end game in this life because our life does not end on this earth. Our life does not end on this earth. Our life goes on into eternity. So we spend a whole lifetime trying to pursue God, trying to to get to know him more and more and understand more and more. Let's go to the book of James. We want to go to the book of James. James 4, verse number 7. James 4, verse number 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Underline that if you don't already have it underlined. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Amen? Amen. So let's unpack that a little bit. First of all, we need to submit ourselves, therefore, to God and resist the devil. He will flee. All right. One of the most powerful um, actions that we can take in overcoming Satan in our lives is to simply resist him. Resist him. Don't try and figure it out. Just don't do what he's leading you to do. Just don't do what he's trying to get you to do. Just don't do what someone else coming across your path trying to, to tempt you away or trying to pull you away from the Lord. Simply don't do it. Resist it. Resist it. And the Word of God says that he'll flee. Okay? And then the next thing is that if we draw nigh to God, then he will indeed draw nigh to us. All right? Okay? We have to think about this whole idea of seeking God, it, it, it's, it's the concept of attracting the presence of God. As we draw near to God, then he will indeed draw near to us. Okay. You say, but you have to want to, you have to want to. God knows your heart, God knows your heart, you know, and if you're saying, oh yes, Lord, I, you know, I wanna know you, I wanna know you, but then you don't do what is required for you to draw near to him, then according to the word of God, then he's not gonna draw nigh to you. Okay. You see more if we go to 2 Chronicles 15, 2 Chronicles 15, and we want to start with verse number one. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. If you forsake him, he will forsake you. Okay? So we see some very profound words right there. Okay? It says there the Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. Okay? So if you want to seek him, then yes, indeed, you'll find God you will indeed find him. But if we also choose like we don't want to do that, if we forsake him, then he will forsake us too. So we have to make sure that every bit of our lives is dealing with, with with wanting to 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 be with God, wanting to hear God, wanting to spend time in conversation with God. But that can only be done if we want to. Verse number three goes on and says, now for a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they are, but when they in their trouble did turn to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. Okay. So underline verse number four there. But when they in their trouble, when they had troubles and they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. Okay. So it goes down to what we oftentimes do in our lives. All right. When we have a problem, a big problem that rises up, you know, we, we, we run to God. Then we want to. Okay, there our want to factor is very, very high because we're in trouble, okay? We're in trouble, we're, we're in over our heads. So then we go seeking God, you know, because of the fact that we want to. And it says there that, that when they're in the trouble, they turn to Israel, Lord God Lord God of Israel, and they sought him and he was found in them, okay? So if you want to seek God, then you'll certainly find him. He will indeed acknowledge you. But don't let yourself just get to the point until when you're really in something above your head when you're really, really in trouble, develop an attitude of want to at all times, okay? We should be a- acknowledging God and seeking God and giving thanks to God when things are going right, when things are going well, when you've had that victory. That is the most important time to seek God and to thank him and to praise him for what he brought you through. But you can only do that if you want to. And where there's, you know, <laughs> where there's a will, there is indeed a way, Okay. So you have to figure that out. How is it that you're going to spend more time with God and seeking him? God's presence comes in the person of the Holy Spirit. When we seek him, he pours out a fresh anointing of his Holy Spirit into our lives. We see in Scripture that he touches or gives a fresh anointing to certain people or groups of people in special ways at certain specific times. Okay. So that tells us also the word of God tells us that that, that there are that there are continual uh, fillings of the Holy Spirit. Okay? There's the original, the initial feeling, which is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's when you come to Jesus, that time when you when you first give yourself to the Lord, you ask Lord Jesus to come into your life, to control your life, because you can't do it yourself. Lord, I give my life to you. You are the son of the living God. Oh, Lord Jesus, come into my life. When you do that and you accept uh, Jesus Christ, the, the Bible says that you are born again. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Okay. And what that born again process also entails is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, after you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, okay, this is that initial thing, which is a one-time deal. If you're a believer, you've been baptized in the holy spirit that's a one time deal but then according to the bible if you look in ephesians and you look in the book of acts you will see that you will see that the um, the apostles they were through the laying on of hands and through prayer they were filled with the holy spirit in additional time in, at additional times it's in the word of god Okay. The, the people of Ephesians that Paul wrote to, they were believers. They were believers. And if they were believers, that means that they had the Holy Spirit. They were baptized. Yes, still in Ephesians there, it says that, there are, that during that particular time when there was prayer uh, that the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were filled. The word filled is used. Okay. So there are, there are additional anointings, additional filling of Holy Spirit as we go through our lives. Okay. But this happens also when we want to, we want to, to experience God. We want to be with God. Okay? We want his guidance, that we, we, we want to be in his presence. This is when Holy Spirit comes upon us. Okay? We see in, in Scripture that he touches or gives a fresh anointing to certain people during certain times, right? And, and, and during that, that prayer time, when you have that need, you can certainly cry out and say to the Lord, Oh Heavenly Father, and you go into your prayer and you say, Lord, please give me a fresh anointing of Holy Spirit. Give me a fresh filling of Holy Spirit, okay? And he will touch you to bring you through whatever whatever, whatever the mission, whatever the thing is that's going on in your life that you need a fresh anointing for, Okay? We first come to Jesus, we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, as I said, and the part of the new creature, the new creative work that God has done in our lives. So you have a new creative work that was done in your life if you've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you haven't received him yet, I say this again, that now is the time for you to really cry out to the Lord and give yourself to the Lord and have him come into your life to make whatever's going on in your life right, to make it right. Okay. We have so much going on in the world around us today, so much going on with our families. I mean, and, and you know, the economy, and I won't get into all of that again. I've talked about it in too many past sermons, but, but now is the time for you to come to the Lord. Time is getting short. No man, no man, no man knows the day and the hour that Jesus will return. The Bible says that. Okay. Jesus said, only the Father knows. Okay. Only the Father knows. So time is running short, and you can see that again by what's going on around us here. The thing, so, so, so you don't have time to waste. Saint of God, you need, you, you need to get on your knees before God right now and ask the Lord Jesus, come into my life and take control, because I can't manage it. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. Okay. You see? but right. we really seek after, the very presence of God in our lives, you know, to seek for that very presence, and we can seek that presence of God if we want to. So again, it goes down to what is your want-to all about? Okay. Do you really want the things that God is offering to you, that God has made available to you? Amen? Amen? Now here are a few points that will help us to be a seeker of God. A few points here. This is what we were designed for and what the Lord expects of us. You realize that we were designed to worship God, we were designed and created to worship, to praise God, to be with him, to be in his presence? You go back to Adam and Eve, that was God's original intention, okay? The the, the original, the, the divine intention was for God to be able to fellowship with man, and Adam and Eve blew that, okay? But then Jesus Christ came along and rectified all of that, and now that we have Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ set us free from the dominion of darkness and sickness and death, now God wants us to come back in communion with him, okay? To, to, to talk with him, to walk and talk with him, all right? Okay. To be in his presence, to glorify his name, to honor him, to honor him with our lives, how we are carrying out our lives. If you are an abject failure and everything around you is just falling apart, then how can you be a powerful witness for how wonderful our God is? If you're struggling yourself, if everything you attempt to do, you're you're far less than victorious about it, then, then how can you be glorifying God in your life? Amen. We have to make sure that we're glorifying God in our lives. OK, and then it goes on to say there uh, in verse number five, and in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries and nation was destroyed of nation, city of city, for God did vex them all with adversity. Be strong, therefore, let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be re- rewarded. And when Asa heard these words in the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Okay. All right. So they had big issues going on there. I mean, you know, I mean, they had had all sorts of adversity going on there. And God says to be strong, let not your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. Put away the abominable idols out of the land. We can have abominable idols in our land, so to speak. Abominable idol, idols are things that we put in our hearts and in our lives that we participate in, that we put in, in we, we put them before God, okay? We wind up going to these things with our wants, okay? And this is what we want to do, that we want to participate in as opposed to wanting to go and spend some time with the Lord. Okay, So as long as we are doing that, you know, then then God won't be there for us. If we're not seeking him, he will not be there. Not my words, his words. If we're not seeking him, then he won't be there for us. It says that he put away the abominable items out of the land of Judah, idols out of the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which had taken from, from uh, Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord. So if you've kind of drifted away or if you haven't been spending prayerful time with the Lord, you have not been meditating on, on the Lord, you know, so, so it's time for you to renew the altar, so to speak. In other words, get back to your first love. Remember how you felt when you first accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and the Savior? Remember how in love you were with the Lord, how exciting it was to be a born-again believer? We need to get back to that. We need to rebuild the altars in our lives, the altar of God in our lives need to tear down any other altar any other abominable idol that we've put before him okay being hung up on sports nothing wrong with loving sports but don't be hung up on sports to the point that you miss having time with god okay need to put those things aside If there are are things, you know, I'm a gadget lover and so forth, and if I just let myself get all consumed with gadgetry and, you know, looking at new tablets and new phones and, and all this sort of thing, new computer gizmos and whatnot, and not spending time with God, then those things have become an abominable idol in my life, and I need to tear them down and resurrect the altar of God in my life. And I can only do that if I want to. We do that fine. So that's what it boils down to. That's what I'm talking about today. What is your level of want to? What is your attitude of want to when it comes pertaining to the things of God? Okay? What is it that we want to do? So we were designed to worship God. We were designed to spend more time with Him. And that's what God expects of us at all times. We see more if we go to James 5, verse number 13. James 5. Verse number 13, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. See how important prayer is here? Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Okay. Okay. Going back to verse number 13 for a moment, there is any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs, psalms. The original psalms were indeed set to music. So that means that they were sung to the Lord. Singing to the Lord is a very important part of worship, a very important part of worship. When you're feeling down and things are going on in your life, one of the things I highly encourage is putting on some good Christian music. And while you're listening to that music, just go on and sing, and praise the Lord and praise the Lord. If you happen to be a little bit musically inclined, even if you're not so musically inclined, try try reading some of the psalms. But read the psalms and sing the psalm while you're reading, as you're reading it. You don't have to be an expert singer. The Word of God says, "Make a joyful noise to the Lord." Try reading the psalms, but put it to put it to to, to like to a melody as you're reading it. Amen. 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 It, Any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. There again, the importance of prayer, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Mm -hmm. Confess your faults one to another and pray. There it is again. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Underline that, please. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Eli- Eli- Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth fruit. Okay. So he said, "So if we pray, okay, if we pray, and, and, and what does it say? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Okay, fervent prayer is 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 praying with your heart into it, really praying with your heart in it because you want to, because you really want to do it. Okay, the, the, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much; it brings much to pass. If you need much to come to pass in your life, maybe you need to more fervently pray before the Lord." Maybe you have to get to the point that you want to spend more time with God. Okay? It says that Elias fervent prayer, what did it do? It stopped the rain. It stopped the rain. Your fervent prayer might be able to stop the rain that is in your life. The rain that is in your life that is giving you so much heartache right now that you're troubled so much with. Okay. Now, fervent prayer is something that we need to want to do. That means that it is not a passing prayer. It's not a quick, oh, praise the Lord. I love you. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'll talk to you later, Lord. I got to go to work. Third prayer is you getting down with God and you saying, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I know you know what's what my need is here. I know you know what the difficulty is. I know you know what the challenge is, oh Lord. But Lord God, I know that you're greater than any change, any, any, any fear that is in my life. You are greater than anything that is in my life that is driving me nuts right now. Oh, Lord God, please, Heavenly Father, lead me, guide me. What is it that I need to do? You can do this if you want to. Okay. And that fervent prayer, you'll be surprised when you see how much change it brings into your life. How will eliminate, God will take away that thorn that is in your side. Okay. But that doesn't come with a passing prayer. You have to want to spend some time with God. You have to want to. How do you feel about the things that are going on? Sometimes today, after this message is over, you sit down and, you know, get your life in perspective. What is it that I want to do? What is it that I want to achieve? What is it that I want to, to do with you, oh Lord God? Oh Lord, I want to be with you. I want to hear your voice. I want and I need your guidance. Amen. Similar to the discipline of of, uh, of prayer, okay, is the discipline of taking in the word of God. We see prayer all written throughout the, the scripture there, the importance of prayer. Well, also is you taking in the word of God. That is also very important. So why don't we go to Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 6. Verse number four, Deuteronomy six, verse number four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Okay. The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Okay? Pausing there for a moment because this is something that we parents need to really, really do today, especially in light of what's going on against the children, okay, is that we have to make sure that we are, are teaching them diligently to our children. In verse number seven, they underline it, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shall talk of them when thou sittest down and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. We need to make sure that we're coaching our children in the word of God. Hopefully you have your children in a good church, a good Christian church, a good full gospel church. Amen. 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 And and then just don't let it end, you know, for the couple of hours that you spend in church there. But let it go into the time when you get home. Okay, refer to the Word of God in the in, in the trials and tribulations of our children's lives, because our children go through trials also and tribulations. What's happening in their schools, you know, and how do kids respond to what their teachers are saying to them?
1: Okay. And hopefully,
0: they're in a school where where this school the schools are not being driven by these woke ideologies. You know, they're not, you know, teaching a whole lot of, you know, you know, perverse things, not getting all to this pronoun nonsense and everything. You, you know, so so talk talk diligently to our children about the word of God. Okay? All right. So that children know how to handle whatever may come up in their schools. All right. Okay. So we have to make sure that we're doing that. And it and it says and it says that uh, you shall talk talk of them, the words, when you sit down in the house and when you walk, and when you lie down and when you rise up. So that means then then that the word of God should be these things, these words should be in our hearts. Okay, not just in the Bible written in front of you, but the word of God should be in your heart. It should be on your mind. It should be something that you're thinking about. Do you realize that everything that happens in your life you can you can find an answer for in the Word of God? Okay? Everything that's going on. You can find it, find an answer there. Okay, so, so we should have the word of God literally just kind of going through our being all of the time. Now obviously, we have to do more than read the Bible. But I'm saying that, though, when you do read it, get those words down in your spirit so that when things do pop up in your life, and they will, Jesus said they will, when these things do pop up in your life, the word of God deep within your spirit, deep within your heart will bubble up, will bubble up, okay, and, and come to your remembrance, This is why I have you asked you to to underline and highlight things as you're listening to these messages so they can come back to you later on in life. Okay, and and then it goes on to say there in verse number eight, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and there should be as frontlets between thine eyes. Okay, now what he's talking about there in ancient, ancient Israels, uh, um, they had these uh, little little uh, boxes with uh, with cords on them. It's called a phylactery. You want to look it up, go online. It's a P-H-Y-L-A-C-T-E-R-Y, a a phylactery, and uh, you you can buy one, okay? And the Orthodox Jewish people, uh, when I lived back in New York where there were were many um, Orthodox Jews there, um, you've seen these phylacteries, okay? And they still actually use them in the synagogues. In some really Orthodox synagogues, they use them still today. Okay. And, 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 they would tie them to their head and there's a detailed wrapping of how they wrap the, uh, the cords around it. And on their hand is a detailed wrapping that's very meaning, meaningful and symbolic of how they actually wrapping. But this is talking about here. You shall bind them for a sign upon thine head and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes right here. Okay. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Again, going back to the Orthodox Jewish people, um, they have on their doorposts, it's called the mezuzah. And in that little mezuzah is a scripture written, in. I believe it's something from the book of Isaiah, if memory serves correctly, okay? And I still, very, 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 very prominent, again, back on the East Coast, New York in particular, where I lived, Uh, you see them on on Orthodox Jews' homes, on on the doorposts, okay? So this is saying, God is saying to keep his word really, really close to you, okay? Now... We don't use phylacteries and we don't all of us don't have mezuzahs on our homes and so forth. But what this is saying to us is that you need to have God's word where it counts. Okay? Near your head and in your heart. Okay, the left hand was near your heart. Right. So so this is keeping the word near you. it's very, very important. But we can only do that if we want to. If you don't want to go through uh, 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 thinking about the word, talking about the word uh, diligently to your children and, and doing it when we rise up, doing it when we go to bed, doing it when we're sitting down and so forth. If we don't want to do that, then the things that God is telling us to do in response to that just simply won't happen in our lives. It won't happen. It won't happen. Okay, It says in verse number 10, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which you swear uh, unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou build not, He give you cities that you didn't even have to build. Okay, that's what he's saying to them. Okay, God is going to gift you with. You'll wind up taking in cities that you didn't have to toil to build up. Okay, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of Egypt from the house of bondage. Okay, so he's saying here that if you do these things, that you will be in the land there that where you'll have plenty. He's like, you have plenty. you realize that God can bless you with things that you didn't labor for? God can do miracles in your life. You know, miracles weren't just left for Old Testament times or, or New Testament times just when Jesus was here. Miracles continue into today's world. The reason that we don't see more miracles is because many of us don't believe in miracles. Okay? We don't want to believe in miracles. But God can bless you to the point that you, you get a job that you really didn't apply for, a fantastic job. God can bless you with a house that you really didn't strive to receive. OK, you'll have plenty in your refrigerator and so forth. What God is saying is that if you do what God is telling you to do, that we can have plenty, plenty of things that we don't necessarily have to be laboring for. But he also says, then beware, unless you forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods. You shall not go after other gods. You shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. Okay, So we don't go after the other gods. And we see plenty of other gods out there today. You've got the God of climate change. You've got the God of all this perverse behavior, okay? These are the things that are becoming gods to the people that are not believers, who are unbelievers, amen, amen? So we have to make sure that we're following and doing what God wants us to do. And do not forget him, okay? But we can only do this if we want to. That's the whole key again, okay? We see if we go to Joshua 1, 5, One five Joshua 1 5 and starting with verse number five there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses so I will be with thee I will not fail thee nor forsake thee okay now that says a mouthful right there. God is making a promise here. He's saying that there shall not any, be any man to stand before the old days. So this is, this is, if you have opposition going on in your life, be it your boss, a co-worker, a peer, a family member, or someone that's really giving you a hard time, God is saying that there shall not be a man to be able to stand before thee. So that means then, if you want to believe what the word of God is telling you, that means you shall not fear whatever predicament, quote unquote, you might be into today. Whatever is going on in your life that has given you such hardship, God is telling you there shall be no man that shall stand, be able to stand before you. Okay, He says that, that, that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Okay, So God is with you. Understand that and believe that. And you can believe that if you want to. You can believe it if you want to. Now, if you simply don't want to believe it, then you'll simply dismiss it. Oh, it's another scripture. Oh, it sounds so good. Yeah, he was saying this to Moses, you know, OK, and he said this to Joshua rather. And he says, as I was with Moses and so that's a nice scripture, but it doesn't apply to me. So if you don't want to believe it, then you won't believe it. And as a result of that, then you will go on and you will continue to struggle in your life. OK, all right. now, if this only applied to Joshua, why would it have been penned into scripture? Why would God have told this to be written down into a book so that we can read it later on? Eons later, millennia later, why would it be written down? Because this also applies to us. God is with you. He will never forsake you. Okay. Verse number six says, be strong and have a good courage. Okay. Now you can believe that if you want to. Are you going to be strong and have a good courage in spite of what is going on in your life? You worry so much about tomorrow, you know, after church on Sunday, you go to bed Sunday night and you got Monday morning back to the grindstone again. All right. And you're worried about Monday morning, be strong and be of good courage. Okay, because today and tomorrow God is with you. All right. And he will not forsake you and he will not leave you. Okay. It says again, verse number six be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance, uh, divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto your fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. There it is again. Underline it, please. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left that thou mayest prosper wherever so thou goest. Wow. That you may prosper wherever you go. You want to prosper, then you start believing this. If you want to. He says to be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law. Okay. OK, don't turn to the left or to the right. In other words, keep your eyes straight on God. Don't let don't let something distract you to take you to the left or to the right. Keep your eyes straight ahead and stay focused on God because okay. he said he's not going to forsake you. And if he says that, so if you do that, so thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. OK, so that means not only where you are today, but it's where you're going in the future. You keep your mind stayed on God. You meditate on his word. You do this if you want to, and then you're going to wind up prospering wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy, thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have a good success. Okay, so he's giving us some structures, instructions here. He's given us some insights. He's given us some insights. He says here in verse number nine, have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Okay? Now you can believe that if you want to. If you think it's a merely a bunch of words written on a page here and you just don't want to, you know, believe it, okay, then you'll suffer the price of not wanting to believe it. You'll continue struggling. Okay. But if you want to, then you get down in your spirit there where it says this law, book of law shall not depart out of thy mouth and thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That means that not, not just on Sunday when you're in church. Okay. You know, we, we sit in church and we hear a sermon, we hear a message, okay, and it's all well and good. And, you know, if you're in a, a Bible reading church, you know, like we are, we have a Bible and the, the the pastor or minister goes through the Bible and you make markings and things like that, okay, then you finish and you at the end of the service day, you close your Bible and you pick up and you go. All right, so you kind of meditated on the word during the course of that service. But what about after that when you get home? Before you go to bed, when you get up in the morning, do you read the Word of God and meditate on it? Now, reading the, you know, meditating on the w- Word of God is, is, is more than you just reading it, okay? Meditating is on the Word of God. You, 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 take, you take a scripture, take number eight, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, okay? But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. What does that mean, Lord? What does meditate mean? You may want to do some cross-referencing to some other scriptures. If you've got a good Bible, you've got some footnotes there that'll take you to other scriptures. You know, get into what does meditate mean. Meditate, we all know, means to, to think about, okay, to dwell on. We right? just don't read a few scriptures and then just pick, okay, that was nice, close your Bible, and then go on. Okay, what does it mean? What does it mean for me to meditate on the Word of God? It means, it means you got to think about it. How does it apply to my life? If the scripture that you're reading, be, say another scripture, not even this one, but another scripture that you're reading, you know, because if you're reading, you know, King James or whatever, maybe the language the, thou's and all those things are kind of are, are kind of troubling to you. It kind of fogs your mind. Some of the old English can really be troubling. Then ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what does that mean? What does that mean in everyday language? God will tell you. But that's meditating on His Word. It's not just simply reading through and then picking up and moving on. Okay, and we can do this if we want to, if you have a mind to, and if you want to. Okay? All right? it says, for so then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and you should have good success. We all want to prosper. We all want to have success. Okay? And prospering is more than wealth. It's more than money. Okay? You're prospering if you're in good health. You're prospering if you have a good relationship with your wife or your husband and your children and your family. You're prospering if, even though you have a job, everything on your job is going along well. Okay? It's, it's not such a burden and not such a hassle to go to work. Okay. Success is you being able to succeed in whatever you're doing and not failing at what you're doing. If you will do this. Okay. And then he closes in verse number nine. He says, have not I commanded thee be strong and of a good courage? Don't be afraid. Meditate on that. Don't be afraid because that pops up in our lives so much, especially as Christians. Fear pops up because that old devil raises his ugly head. But do not be afraid. Neither be dismayed. Don't be, don't be downtrodden. Don't be. Don't let yourself be dragged down. Don't get depressed. Things not going your right in life. Right life. <laughs> right in your life. Run to the Lord. Run to the Lord, and you can remember to do that if you want to. If your attitude is yes, this is what I want to do, and then it says, "For the Lord thy God, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest." Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is with you wherever you go. Believe that God is, is with you right this moment as you're listening to this message, okay? And you can believe that if you, if you want to. Again, it goes back to you want to. What's your attitude of wanting to? Okay. In the Bible, the word of God refers to the scriptures, but not exclusively to the scriptures. The word of God also comes in other ways. If God speaks to you through a prophetic message, a dream, an angelic visitation, or any other means, and you are sure it is the word of God, then it is the word of God, and you must obey and follow the word if you want to, okay? Sometimes God will speak to us through prophetic messages. Not many angelic visitations. I mean, I don't know the number of angelic visitations, but I know angels do make visitations. But if the word of God comes to you that way, or through another human being, and you've confirmed you know that's the word of God, then you have to act on that, okay? You have to act on that. And again, the decision is yours if you want to. You have to act on it. And as with anything else, there is much to learn, and there will be many growth challenges in life. But by actively cultivating the art of hearing God, you will be able to know his will, and you will be able to seek him much more specifically and wholeheartedly if you want to, again, if you want to. We have to learn to trust God in every area of our lives. We must trust God when things get hard. We must trust Him when things don't when things are going. okay We have to always trust him. We have to trust God when we don't know what the future holds. We have to learn to trust God when we don't understand. Trust God when you don't understand. last scripture here is we go to proverbs three five Proverbs 3, 5. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. All right. So it starts right there, trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean on your own understanding. Can you trust God with all your heart? And don't try to figure it out yourself. Trusting God, again, is a choice, and you can trust God if you want to. All right. And don't lean on your own understanding. Stop trying to figure things out yourself. You know, If you could have figured it, I always say, maybe you've heard me say it a million times, if you could have fixed what's going on in your life, if you could have figured it out, you would have done so a long time ago. Okay? Okay. Because, you see, and then that's where it, 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 it's a matter of, of, of where is your want to. If you want to try to figure it out yourself, that's where, you, where you'll always be. You'll be wanting to try to figure it out yourself. However, if you want to get to the point where you say, Lord, I want you to figure it out. I want to, you to take the rein. I want you to take the helm, Lord. Okay. Lord, I trust you. And that's a matter of you surrendering your will to God and saying, Lord, I trust you. I'm not trying to figure it out. It says, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Do you believe that? Again, you can believe it if you want to. All right. If you simply trust in the Lord and don't lean on my understanding, I'm not going to try and figure it out. I just acknowledge the fact that you are God. Lord God, guide me. And he said that he will direct your path. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Again, that's thinking that you are the end all know it all for your life. Well, you're not. You're not. Oh, Pastor Mike, this is my life. This is my life. Oh, yeah. Well, the Lord gave it to you. The Lord gave you that life. Okay. And you keep on doing what you're doing and you're going to continue to simply just mess up your life. All right. You have to get to the point that I'm not going to be so wise in my own eyes. I'm not going to start thinking that I'm the end all be all of everything. I have all of the knowledge. And that's the prob- that, that's part of the problem that's going on in the world today. There's so much arrogance out there, so much arrogance. Many men think they have all of the answers. Many men think that they have the answers for your children. Many men think that the state, the government should raise your children, that you as a parent, you don't have any say. This is such arrogance. It's unbelievable. But arrogance is all wrapped up in pride, and that's a whole sermon in itself. But arrogance is all wrapped up in pride, and that's the same the same initial sin that got Lucifer booted out of heaven. Okay. He was in love with himself. How beautiful he was! He wanted to exalt himself to the very throne of God. He wanted to be God. Amen. So, 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 so we we can't be wise in our own eyes. Don't think that you are Mister Know It All. You are Miss Know It All. That you know more than God. Fear the Lord and depart from evil, okay? And fear the Lord here, fear means reverence, not that we should be afraid of God like he's a monster, you know, or something like that. Fear in scripture means to reverence the Lord, to have reverence for the Lord. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Get away from the evil, whatever evil may be going on in your life. Get away from evil that is surrounding itself around you. Get away from evil that may be trying to present itself for you, to you, amen? And doing that will be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. So we see here that it's talking about trusting in God. When God gives you an instruction, we must trust him enough to do what he says to do. As humans, we make decisions based on our own wants and our own feelings and our own desires. Although our intentions may be good, choosing, choosing our own personal desires may not be what God wants for our lives. Okay? What we think is good for our lives may not be what God wants for our lives. Okay. God knows the past, the present, and the future. God knows where you are heading. God knows where He wants you to go. You see, but we also have a choice where that ends up. Also, God can have have a desire for us to achieve a certain end. But yes, though we have, we have, we have, we have, we have the ability to choose to do what we what we want to do. And if we don't want to do what God wants us to do, then our life takes a, a path that God does not want us to take. Okay. God loves you, Saint. God loves you. He doesn't want you to struggle. He doesn't want you to be failing. He doesn't want you losing sleep at night. He doesn't want your children to be running crazy, to be running rampant. He doesn't want your spouse, your husband, or your wife to be running off and saying and doing doing the things that they're doing. Amen? God wants your life to be whole. But your life can be cannot be whole if it is absent God. It simply does not work. Your life cannot be whole if it is absent God. That is the one critical component that we all need in our lives. You may have heard me say before that we, all of us have this, this hole, if you will, that's in our center. And many times we try to fill that hole with, with alcohol, with drugs, multiple women, multiple men, you know, you, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, whatever it is, we try to fill that hole, that vacuum with many things. The only, the, the only thing that will fit that hole is God? It's like like the old, you know, trying to put a, what is it, a square peg in a round hole. We try to jam all sorts of things into that hole, but it just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. We're incomplete without God. If you're working through your life and you're going through your life without God, then then you, you're crippled. It's like you walking around with that hole right in right in your middle there, okay. And if it's empty and the Holy Spirit's not in it, God is not in it. Then all sorts of other demonic things try to fill that hole. It winds up guiding your actions, making you helping you to make decisions, which are ungodly decisions in many, many cases. See? We can get away from all of that if we want to, simply, simple as that. We must learn to trust God and follow his plans. He always has the best choice for us. We have to trust God's leading, even if what he wants for us goes against our personal desires. I say that again, and I can't emphasize it enough. Even if what we think is the best thing for our lives, if we follow God's leading, I guarantee you it'll be far better than what we are choosing to do for ourselves. Going from a don't want to to a want to attitude may seem hard in the beginning, but in time it will indeed become easier. Just just practice it. Just remember the very fundamental things. How much time am I spending to be with God? How many time am I, how much time am I spending reading? How many, how much time am I spending meditating on the word? How much time am I spending in church? How much time am I spent in worshiping God? And we can do all of these things that God wants us to do if we simply want to. If we simply want to. Amen. Amen. Praise God. hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, please pass it on to someone else. We can be found at www.genesis1.sermon.net. One word, genesis1.sermon.net. Look at the top of the page and you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that and you'll be notified when these messages are made available. Uh, We're also still on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Uh, We have our apps for Android and Apple phones, and the apps can be found free of charge on their respective uh, play stores amen just download it and uh, and then download our messages you can download the audio only portion if you want to Uh, you can save it for later later listening to or later viewing whatever your heart wants to do amen i pray you'll go and visit our site there and pass it on to others as holy spirit so guides praise god praise god let us close in prayer heavenly father we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you lord god and now we pray that as we go through the balance of the day and the week ahead of us until we gather again next time, O Lord. I pray that we shall remember these words and keep these words deeply rooted within our spirits so that they cannot be stolen away by the evil one, O Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we praise you, we magnify thy most glorious name, and we bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. And all together, the church said, Amen, Amen. Praise God, praise God again. Go forth and be blessed, and remember always that Jesus is Lord. in your prayer.